Hi there and welcome to another one of my podcasts. It's been a while since I played you any recordings of the great Romanian tenor Josef Schmidt. Tenors come in all sizes. They could be huge like Pavarotti. They could be average height, five foot nine, but slightly on the podgy side, certainly in his more successful years, like Enrico Caruso. And they can be tiny. Josef Schmidt performed rarely on the operatic stage because he was barely five foot tall and he would have looked a bit silly trying to be an heroic romantic lead up against sopranos who might have been one and a half times as big as he was. Instead he became very popular through his recordings and on the radio. He was, as I say, born in Romania. He came, of course, from a Jewish family. And at some point, after singing in the choir in the synagogue back home, he went to Vienna to study singing properly. In 1928, he made his debut in Berlin in a radio performance of Idomeneo, the Mozart opera. It wasn't long before his voice on radio made him very, very popular indeed and established him as a great radio singer and also, of course, a concert singer. Later on in his life, he often toured with another great tenor, Richard Tauber, who liked being a conductor, so they sort of toured together. He made films in Germany, became very, very popular in the 30s, despite the Nazis coming to power, which is, I always think, amazing that he wasn't immediately dragged off. But it took a while, I suppose, before the Nazis revealed their full racialist agenda. During the 30s, he also performed very successfully in Holland, Belgium, Switzerland, and goodness knows where else, England, of course. And he made many, many recordings of all sorts of things and in several languages. He quite often sang in German, even though the song was not originally written in that language. Somewhere in my early podcast, I played you his version, for instance, of Nessun Dorma, which I still think may be the finest version of that on record. Unfortunately, his luck ran out when World War II started. He managed at first to escape through France to Switzerland, but was put in an internment camp there, and as far as I can make out, got ill there and died. He was so young, just 38 years old. What I like about Schmidt is not just the fact that he had a fine tenor voice, but the way he used it so artistically. He didn't belt out top notes, although he had a very high range and could sing top C's easily, but he didn't make a thing out of it. He always had his voice used to the best musical purpose rather than just showing off its height or power. This, then, is Josef Schmidt's version of a very famous concert piece, quite often by sopranos, Tosti's Adio. And I think, as you'll hear, it's world-class, as pretty much everything else he recorded. The one set of records I don't have is towards the end of the 30s, I think this was, he made a series of recording of Hebrew liturgical music, but I've never heard those. They must be fairly rare, or I would have done. Nevertheless, this is Josef Schmidt at his best in 1932 singing Adieu. <laughs> 
I think I've only done this once before, and that is to play a really long track. This is, in fact, two sides of a 12-inch 78. The reason I'm doing so is because it's a pretty historic recording. There was a famous jazz promoter called Norman Grantz, and in the 1950s, he put together a series of concerts known as Jazz at the Philharmonic. These were jazz concerts put on at the Philharmonic Auditorium in Los Angeles. Now, I don't know if when this recording was made, he already was calling it that, because in a way that's exactly what it is. This is a very early recording of that series, as early as the 28th of January 1946, a year before I was even born. And the reason why I'm playing you the whole of this recording, two sides of a 78, is because the people who are involved. He obviously had got hold of some of the best people around at the time, both of the sort of established jazz aristocracy and the new exciting people coming up. So you've got a song written by George Gershwin, which is a standard, of course, played by a mixture of people. You've got Willie Smith on alto, You've got Al Killian on trumpet, Arnold Ross on piano, Lee Young on drums, Billy Hadnot on bass, and Howard McGee, one of the new young bebop trumpeters on trumpet. But the two people I haven't mentioned yet are probably the most important of all. First of all, the tenor player who, in a way, got the modern jazz thing started, Lester Young, and, as Benny Carter described him to me once, the last genius of jazz, Charlie Parker. In 1946 he would have been still healthy and at the top of his powers as you'll hear. So this is those people normally not playing together but on this occasion all taking solos on George Gershwin's Lady Be Good. I hope you'll enjoy it. Thank you. 
All right, and now for something Brazilian. Farneso Dutra e Silva is not a name that will be familiar to anybody, not even Brazilians. And that's because his professional name was always Dick Farney. He was born in 1921 and died in 1987. As a child, he was taught piano by his father and singing by his mother. And by the time he was a teenager, he was on the radio in something which was called the equivalent of Children's Hour. He was very good. And only a few years later, during World War II, he became the regular crooner, if you will, with somebody called Carlos Machado, band leader of the day. At the end of the war, in 1946, he was discovered and sent to America, where he was on the radio quite a lot, and then became a regular singer on the Milton Bill Show. In 1948, however, found him back in Brazil. By 1959, he had his own TV show there, and during the rest of his life, he did all sorts of things, like starting his own orchestra, buying his own nightclub, and just appearing as himself. He was often thought of as the Brazilian Frank Sinatra. I think his voice was more like Bing Crosby, if anybody. But unlike Sinatra or Crosby, he was also a very fine jazz pianist. I heard him myself, not at the time knowing who he was, when I first went to Brazil in 1975, I was taken to some little club, I suppose you would call it, where he was playing, and I was told it was Dick Farney. You know, I knew immediately it was supposed to be somebody important, but I didn't know anything about Brazilian music in those days apart from Bossa Nova, so I didn't really appreciate who I was listening to. But I did notice that he was a fine singer and maybe an even better pianist. He was very impressive. Well... This is a recording of a tune that's often thought of as one of the early bossa novas. It's called Outra Vez, Another Time. However, he doesn't sing it as a bossa nova, so I'm assuming that he recorded this in the 50s, before bossa nova was really a thing. He sings it in the style of what was called in Brazil back then, samba canção, which was, I suppose, a way of saying a samba, a slow samba, a sort of ballad samba. And there were lots of songs written in that style. So this is Dick Farney at the height of his powers, probably in the 1950s at some point. I don't have the recording date for this one. Singing Otra Vez. <laughs> Outra vez sem amor, outra vez vou sofrer, vou chorar até você voltar. Outra vez vou vagar por aí pra esquecer. Vou falar mal do mundo Até você voltar Todo mundo me pergunta Por que ando triste assim Ninguém sabe o que eu sinto Com você longe de mim Vejo o sol quando ele sai Vejo a chuva quando cai 
tudva gore sa tristeza traz saudade de você Todo mundo me pergunta por que ando triste assim Ninguém sabe o que eu sinto com você longe de mim Vejo o sol quando ele sai, vejo a chuva quando cai Tudo agora é só tristeza, traz saudade de você outra vez Vou vagar por aí pra esquecer outra vez Vou falar mal do mundo até você voltar Até I've looked it up now, and that recording by Dick Farney was actually recorded in 1954, even earlier than I had assumed. It's really early for that song, Otra Vez. Anyhow, the next track, we're going to move to America and to the world of vaudeville. This gentleman was known as Bob Roberts. He was born in 1871, died in 1930. He was the son of somebody who at the time in Cincinnati was known as... A quite successful clown, I think he actually ran his own shows. And young Bob soon performed on stage when he was under 10 years old, and he started even writing some of his own material. And to cut a long story short, when he was only in his teens, he made his first recording for Columbia, probably a cylinder, I would have thought, because the year was 1897. And over the next 10 years or so, became one of the most popular recording artists for various major labels of the day and some of the songs he sang before world war one are still sort of remembered today there was the woodchuck song how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a or whatever it is it's quite a well-known lyric song then there was a song which had a later life sung by somebody else in the 40s called woodman spare that tree and there's another song called ragtime cowboy joe these songs lived for a long time. I remember them in the 50s when I was a kid hearing people sing those songs. Anyway, he toured, he recorded, and he must have got fed up with all this by the time we got to 1920 because he then got married, settled down back in Cincinnati, and ran a pool room. And he died, as most people did, at a young age, at the age of 58 in 1930. This is him at his height, before 1910, singing a song about marriage. It's 
foolish to be married. If you've never met your wife, I shall introduce my mother to my father. If you want to cut your wife's expenses, always use a knife. She will see the point without a bit of bother. If you have to keep a hired girl, don't keep her in a cage. Remember that the cage must have some feeling. If she lights the fire with kerosene, then don't get in a rage. She'll make a lovely fresco on your ceiling. Oh, my marriage is sublime. If you marry often, you'll get used to it in time. Get a nice little flat in Harlem, close beside a running stream, where the janitor's name is Tilly, and you furnish your own steam. Hark, I hear the milkman call. Go and get your sled and we'll go skating in the hall. For it's lovely to be married in a cozy little flat where the kitchen's in the parlor and the ceiling breaks your hat where the elevator's broken and the stairs you have to climb when you've been there you'll soon declare that marriage is sublime. What? Then you're going to take a trip to South Dakota. You ought to use tin silverware, for it is hard to break. If your wife don't like tomatoes, get tomatoes. When serving macaroni, you should serve it with a rake. Don't sharpen table knives upon your gator. If the girl is washing dishes and she makes a lot of tracks, whatever before to argue, don't endeavor. If you want to put ideas into her head, just use an axe. You'll find it will not hurt the axe, whatever. Oh, my marriage is sublime. Sew up all your pockets or you'll never have a dime. Buy a nice little home on Broadway, just a simple vine-clad cot, where your front yard's in the subway. It's a quiet, restful spot. List the merry nightingale. Everybody's loose again, you'd better send for bail. For it's lovely to be married when your cooking's done by Heinz. You can have all sorts of supper. There are 57 kinds. When your mother-in-law's your keeper, it is just like doing time. When you've been there, you'll soon declare that marriage is sublime. Yes. It's cheaper to be paying alimony.
Now, before my track, this is an interesting track to finish with. An interesting pairing of singers. Taurino Parvis was an Italian baritone. He was born in Turin in 1879, and he studied law at first, and only having qualified as a barrister did he change his mind and studied singing. And before long, he had an international career. He sang in New York, in London, he sang in Cuba, Spain, South America, Budapest, Russia, the whole total international tour that singers did in those days before World War I. He also carried on singing right into the 20s when he was still being used for world premieres, which means he was obviously held in high regard. He also recorded for quite a few different labels, but never as a, what we might call a red label artist. He never quite reached the peak of people like Battistini or Ruffo or De Luca or people of that level whom we still remember. Therefore, Parvis is never really remembered as being one of the great baritones because, as I've said before, he was on the wrong labels and label snobbery still persists. And I nearly forgot, after 1929, when he was 50, he decided to retire from singing and then worked using his first career as a lawyer. I'm not quite sure how long he did that, but I think it's a fascinating story of somebody who gave up law, had a career as an opera singer, and then went back to practicing law at the end of his career. Interesting. He's put together on this very early recording, which I assume was made in New York because it was about 1905 when he was performing at the Metropolitan Opera, with a soprano really of a of an earlier age altogether. Eugenia Mantelli was born in 1860 and she died in 1926 in Lisbon. Before that she'd made a debut in 1883, when Parvis would have only been four years old, at the Teatro San Carlos in Les Huguenots. She was born in Lisbon and she ended her days there. But she made guest appearance tours in Germany, Italy, South America, and she sang with the legendary Spanish tenor Julian Gallaret at the Imperial Opera in Moscow with the great Francesco Tamagno. And around 1900, she sang at Covent Garden. In other words, she was a major soprano. However, around 1904, she decided to live in Lisbon and soon gave up her career and carried on till the rest of her life teaching. So this recording is a slight puzzle for me because it must have been made about 1905 and, as I said, in New York. So what she was doing recording there, I don't know. But here are these two people singing a famous aria from Mozart, La Sidarem La Mano. And this is the standard expected of all opera singers back around the turn of the 19th and 20th century. I think one of the golden eras. See what you think. Obviously, this is a very early recording with just a piano for accompaniment, but it's high-class singing. Eugenio Mantelli and Taurino Pavis.
And as usual, we come to my track. Before I do so, as always, I ask you to share these podcasts. Just put it on Twitter, Facebook, or whichever group of people you belong to. And if you can't remember, erlokin.blogspot.com. Just write the phrase, Erlokin's Gramophone Show, and anybody can find it from there. Such wonderful recordings were made before 1960, and hardly anybody remembers them now. Well, this time I thought I'd give you a recording of mine which I made because I wanted to show people that I wasn't, shall we say, a crooner, but an actual jazz singer. And a lot of people think that that means you have to be a scat singer. I don't do scat very often, but I can. The thing about scat singing is it's not just a question of singing a lot of diddly 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 notes. You actually have to listen to the chords and you solo just as somebody on a saxophone or trumpet would. In fact, on this recording, I do a trumpet solo. and Trumpets tend to play fewer notes. Some people play a lot, but some of the greatest trumpet players played quite a few notes, but no more, when improvising on whatever the song it was. But then I did some more typical vocal scat singing where you tend to use more notes. So you have a bit of both on this recording. And the song I chose is a nice simple one written by the wonderful songwriter Hoagie Carmichael. And this song is called Up a Lazy River. I actually do this live with just a guitar quite often. So this is a sort of arranged version of what I normally do on stage. So, again... Don't forget to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. And again, if you are interested in getting any 78s for your own collection, please do get in touch because I always need some more space here. And with that and my own track, as always, I wish you until next month. Au revoir. Up a lazy river by the old mill run Linger in the shade of a kind old tree Throw away your troubles Dream a dream of me Up a lazy river where the robins sung It's the bright new morning as we drift along New skies up above every One's in love Up a lazy river How happy you could be Up a lazy river With me
Blue skies up above Everyone's in love Up a lazy river How happy you could be Up a lazy river 